This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The panel. It is 10.24 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Smithies away, so Ricardo Ball in the hot seat for you. And uh, the panel today is uh, James Regan. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. And Brad Lewis as well. G'day, big bad Brad. G'day, Rick. Uh, great to be here with Jimmy as well. He's a great human. He's a great human. Great human indeed. I'll tell you who else oh, is, is, a, is a pretty good human is Helene Wilson, a uh, great coach, of course, uh, and uh, she's been integral in uh, get, helping men's netball evolve and having uh, the Mystics men's team train alongside the women's team. Well, she's just been appointed to High Performance Sport New Zealand as Women in High Performance Sport Manager, um, with the government to introduce that independent sport integrity body. They've moved pretty quickly on this. Um, well, maybe maybe not as quickly as they should, given it probably should happen three and a half years ago, uh, you could argue, James. But uh, what do you make of the move? Yeah, yeah, yeah as you say, it, it is good that they've, um, they've moved quickly on this. Look, Helene, obviously a successful coach, won the, won the premiership last year um, with the Mystics, uh, and they'll be looking to go again this year. But um, she's got that experience in high performance sport as well, which I think is quite key. She she knows how the environment works. So as long as she can get the best out of her skills from that point of view and, and really make a difference, she said yesterday, she told media, she, that's what she really wants to do. And, and she really needs to as well. She really needs to bring women through, especially in those, those management, admin uh, and coaching roles as well, because they women just, they're not represented enough in those roles as they should be. We see, look, our high-performance women are amazing. From the rugby sevens to our rowing to our, to our cyclists, they're all um, at the top of their game. But we're probably let down in those, in those other roles in coaching and, and administration roles. So hopefully Helene's appointment can help that. And she, she certainly has got some experience behind it. So... Yeah, best of luck, but hopefully something does change pretty quick. Yeah, well, good to see some new blood in that arena, Brad, because it is something that, uh, you know, I, I talked to Dana Johansson about the other day. Uh, we have seen in these kind of positions over the years just the same names and uh, recycled despite how, um, you know, successful or competent they have been. It, it did seem a bit uh, jobs for the boys or jobs for your mates at times, so good to have some fresh blood in there. A hundred percent, and like I think another, I agree with everything James said, and uh, the other thing as well, uh, uh, you know, this is gonna, this is a slow progress. We know that there's been like, things wrong with high performance sport in New Zealand, and particularly around cycling for for, for a long time. Uh, but what what is good is that we've got you know Railing Castle, Steve Chu, two people that have a, a, a huge amount of respect for each other, uh, sort of uh, steering the ship in the right direction, and, and Helene's appointment is a, is a big part of that. Also, I think educating. Coaches and, and high performance environments. Um, you know, coaching men and women is very different, right? So there's different, different. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you need to bring. I heard Jacob Oram talking about this recently, where he said coaching, uh, being part of the Whiteburn setup, 
you know, there's there's menstrual cycles and things like that. He's never dealt with that in his whole entire career, and that mm. that's something that he had to bring in. And we, and we know women and men operate very, very differently. I mean, I think there needs to be more of an education process around the differences between coaching high-performance sport for, for men and women. I mean, uh, you know, um, deep down, you know, you want to get the best out of your athletes, and there are different ways about about going through that. You know, we see that with with sport in terms of um, coaching cultures, you know, different cultures have different ways of handling um, feedback. So uh, I think that's a big part of it as well is, is how she can educate uh, areas as well. She's obviously a highly successful um, coach. Um, she's very good at what she does. And if she's got the back of Steve Chu and, and Raylene, then she's obviously um, the right person for the job at this point. Yeah, I, I think um, it, it is a good appointment. I, I hope it is the first of many because, as I mentioned before, you know we have seen the whole the same names, etc. Um, do you think, James, there's enough being done in coach education? You know, if we're in that scenario, for example, like look at New Zealand rugby, right, um, and the uh, Alpeki coaching situation, they were all men, right? But uh, if you if you take on face value what they tell us that. We don't have any female coaches that can coach as well as these men can coach. In terms of pure rugby, how how many skills and how much education these men got about the difference between coaching and talking to women and and, and doing the same with men? Yeah, it, it's just it's all changing so fast, right? The development of, of women's sport and the progression and, and professionalism. We've seen that with with rugby most recently. It's it's changing so fast and, and everyone is kind of learning um, while they go, which is fine. But now we're kind of realising no matter what, you, with women's sport, you have to have some kind of female influence. Um, and we've, we've seen that kind of acceptance with, with cricket recently, with the white ferns and the black ferns as well. Um, but we, we all have to kind of do better and learn probably a bit quicker than we are. Um, and coaching is a, is a huge part of that. You're right with Opeki. There were some, some questions raised about, you know, there's no women coaches in this in this competition. But um, we're we're all we're all still learning as as we go, and, and it is hard. But we we do definitely have to do better with these with the top level uh, positions as well. You're on the panel here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in the hot seat, and part of the panel, uh, James Regan and. Brad Lewis. When we come back, we're going to be talking NRL, we're going to be talking Warriors, and we're going to be talking cricket. The panel. Yeah, this is Mornings with Ian Smith, 28 away from 11. Uh, Polaris, New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one. And uh, we return to the panel now. Uh, James Regan, Brad Lewis with us. Uh, the Warriors, a crucial four-game stretch for them against clubs that are currently outside of the top eight. Uh, I guess the question for you, Brad, is after ScoMo cleaning out that kid the other day, uh, do they do the Warriors look to sign him as uh, as part of the fix for their edge defence? Yeah, um, it was a it was a good, wasn't it? Uh, he was a little bit oversized, but um, hey, man, you can't you can't um, knock the technique. Uh, I thought I thought the technique was excellent. Uh, yeah, a crucial two weeks in particular, right? With um with the with the dragons um, this week, uh, and then the knights the week after. Then a couple of tough games, Panthers included. Uh, but look, if they, I mean, 
this feels like rinse and repeat, right, guys? And I'm sure Jimmy will agree with me. Like We talk about this at about this point of the season every year. If they can win these two games, then they're right in the hunt for the top eight, right? Or they need to win these two games to stay in the hunt for the top eight. Um, but, you know, if they, if they want to have anything out of this season, they have to have four points um, in a couple of weeks' time from these two games. Uh, they, they probably should have beaten the Dragons in round one. They had all the momentum with 20 to go in that game and then just completely went to sleep. Um, and um, so hopefully they can turn that around. The Knights have been terrible this season for the most part. Um, Kalen Pong is just not not his usual self. He's been awful. So two winnable games. Uh, you know, they've beaten a couple of top eight teams this year and in, um, uh, in the Cowboys and the Broncos are on the verge of the eight as well. So, uh, you know, they, they have had some good results. Um, and I guess if you take away the first, this is what I hate though, right? Like all week we've been told, oh, well, we would take the second 40 minutes against the Rabbitohs. We were great. But, well, the, the Rabbitohs have won the game at halftime. Like you have to think mentally they had dropped off as well, right? So uh, I, I think we kind of need to scrub that whole game out last week because... It was, you know, the old game of two halves, but the Warriors were atrocious for 40, 50 minutes of that game. Yeah, they were, and I think South took their foot off the gas to an extent as well. Uh, I was interested to see Viliami Vailea and Adam Pompey named in the centres, given that Jesse Arthurs is back. I just had uh, uh, Blake Ashford on before you guys, and he was saying, look, if I'm the Warriors, I'm moving, you know, we've got enough uh, edge forwards around. Let's move you and Aiken back to the centres because we need some experience there. Where are you on that one, James? Yeah, that's one of those things that's kind of been in the background all year. The fact that we've obviously had issues with, with that edge defence uh, in the past and they've gone all right at times, don't get me wrong, and these guys are, are young, they're, they're learning on the job and uh, it's a tough environment to learn in as, uh, as the NRL, but Ewan Aitken is there. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people are kind of looking around and wondering is like, just, give him, just give him a run there for a game. Let him help out. Um, he'll, he'll easily slot back in there um, and just give a bit, bit of confidence to, to that edge defence. But that, that's not the way they're going to go. Um, they're sticking with these young guys who I think do do have the potential to, to kick on. We've seen flashes of it. Um, they're going to have uh, a hell of a challenge this week with, with Ravalawa. We know what they did, what he did uh, against us in the first round. And Brad's right about, about that game. We could have won it, but these next few games are, are the kind of games that you go, we have to win. Otherwise, we'll be looking back in, a, in another six weeks' time going, oh, we could have won those games. You know, we're, we're still a chance. But that that time of the year is, is fast getting away and you've got to get points. I think the most worrying thing is we're in, what, round 11, 12 now and um, they still haven't put in a full performance that they can look back on and go, yeah, we, we cracked that game. We kind of got everything going. That is the most worrying thing because they've been able to win uh, close games, a couple of golden points, which is great. They definitely would have done that last year, but they've still not got a performance that you can look back on and go, yeah, that was that was what we are, which is probably the most worrying thing. But yeah, you and I can get them in there. Why not? Yeah, get him in. Uh, and when you look at the the, the centre matchup too, I mean Zach Lomax has been probably one of the form centres of the competition in a, in a struggling Dragon side, and Moses Suli, they're no mugs. So yeah, I, I worry about the Warriors this weekend to be honest. Blake picked them one to twelve, but I don't think he was using his head when he did it. Uh, let's talk a couple of other stories out of the NRL. Uh, Mick Potter has been named as the interim head coach of the Bulldogs. He's head coach in name only, isn't he? When you got Gus Gould upstairs, Brad. Uh, well, absolutely. Um, uh, interesting. How long has McPotter been out of the coaching game for? I remember he was 
with the Dragons um, not uh, uh, many, many years ago. But, yeah, he is the club legend at, at the Doggies. And, look, it's a club that can't get any worse, guys, right? So, um, uh, you know, like I guess uh, I, I guess um, at, at this point, you know, and with and I guess there's the Bellamy, um, Bellamy thing uh, coming, coming as well, potentially. So, uh, yeah, um, well, uh, that was the rumor. I think he has committed to the Storm, hasn't he, for next year. But um, I know I know that that's Gus long, Gus's long-term plan is to convince Craig Bellamy at some point to come to the Bulldogs. Maybe Mick Potter will be in place um, for the next year, year and a half, um, with Bellamy signing that one-year extension. So uh, interesting times. Um, the doggies are a mess. Um, they have been for, for quite some time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, I mean, like I said, they can't get any worse. Um, and let's hope that, that when we play them, they aren't any better either because we're going to need those two points pretty desperately. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, I mean, James, you look at that that uh, that Canterbury-Bankstown um, squad, on paper, they, they should be a lot better than they are. I mean, does that just uh, talk to where Trent Barrett is as a coach, do you think, or is this an unbalanced roster? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, that the whole thing around... Trent Barrett and was he did he leave or was he pushed before he um, before he went? Like they not only had a pretty decent roster this year, especially compared to last year, but they've got a couple of guns coming in next year uh, and and Kekau and Marnie. So you kind of I don't know with the Bulldogs, you kind of left scratching your head and, and wondering what is the what is the plan? Look, if, if Trent Barrett decided to step away because he, he just um, felt he wasn't up for it anymore and, and felt it was right for him and the club to move forward, then then fair play. You, you can't argue with that. NRL coaching is is a tough job, right? But the, there were kind of signs with the Dogs, and although they've got a pretty average record this year, that, that they were going to get somewhere. So that kind of says to me that it's got to be something deeper than just the roster and just the coaching, and, and it's probably deeper issues within the club. But... Yeah, they are a mess, and hopefully the Warriors can get two points against them. Yeah, Brad. Oh, now you, now Brad, you mentioned uh, Craig Bellamy. He has apparently been talked out of retiring by Joey Johns. Uh, he was going to retire from coaching. He's he's back for twenty twenty three. It'll be his twenty first season as head coach of the Melbourne Storm. My question is: Will we see video leaked of <laughs> him of Craig Bellamy doing a yard glass to celebrate that twenty first? <laughs> Um, hey, you know when when they talk about how you know name five people you'd like to have dinner with, Bellamy yeah. um, Bellick would be one of those guys, man. I'd love to pick that guy's brain. Um, like he just he just he, he just gets it right. And, and I mean, I wouldn't want to be playing the Storm this week after the shellacking they took last week as well, because man, he he'll be running them through the roost uh, this week. But uh, yeah, great coach, uh, best best in the business uh, has been for a long time. Um, and I was just thinking when James was talking about about um, you know the Trent Trent Barrett's coach, there's actually like a, a lack of top quality coaches in the NRL, and, and that's that's a big part of, of you look at the teams that have done well in the last four or five years. They've had a great coach behind them. I think you know Craig Fitzgibbon's probably the, the most up and coming coach at the moment. Sharks are doing great under him, uh, you know, and we've seen you know Brad Arthur do good things with Parramatta. Des Hazler's always there or thereabouts. But you take it, take out those top five or six coaches, um, you know, Robinson's another one as well. There's just, the, the rest of the teams are constantly struggling because they don't have good people at the helm. And we talk about problems at the Warriors. Well, the one good coach we have had in the last 20 years, we let go because we didn't want to sign him to a three-year deal instead of a one-year deal. 
and that's that's ended up costing the Warriors potentially having Nathan Cleary a halfback and having Ivan Cleary with a dynasty at the Warriors. And you know, when you have a good coach, you need to do everything you can to keep them there. Yeah, it makes it makes me wonder why nobody from the NRL. What you said makes exact uh, complete sense. Why no one in the NRL, these clubs, has gone to Shane Flanagan, has gone to Christian Wolf out of St Helens, or has even gone to Paul Green, who's not even attached, but has won a premiership because mm-hmm. those three are, are better coaches than about ten of the blokes uh, sitting in the hot seats uh, in the NRL at the moment. Um, James, you, you, who's going to pull the trigger first, uh, do you think, and get one of those guys in the hot seat? Yeah, and that was the, the kind of thing that stood out to me um, when Barrett left and they were talking about who's going to be next. The, there are very few coaches out there not in jobs that you would, you would want uh, coming into your club or that would excite you if they, if they came into your club. Uh, you're right with the ones you just mentioned. Um, but aside from that, there's not many. So you've got to be really careful, I think, or careful what you wish for when you're, when you're wanting your coach to be sacked because there are not many good ones out there. And not many, there's no Kiwi ones out there, which is a, which is a huge concern um, on this side of the Tasman as well. So, yeah, be careful what you wish for because... Um, there's not an abundance of, of great coaches out there. Yeah, wait, wait for that uh, that, that NRL expansion and um, in, into Buenos Aires, I guess, and David Kidwell. Uh, sorry, Brad, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, speaking of great coaches, uh, Rick, I kind of want to know who you're going to be rooting for on the weekend when the two teams you hate the most are vying for the Premier League, you know, with the, with the two best managers in the league going head-to-head. Uh, yeah, on Manchester City. It's not even, it's oh. not a, I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> Mate, if Liverpool were playing right, tiddlywinks, I'd want them to lose, Brad. That's how it works when you're a United fan. <laughs> well, when Coutinho slots on that goal to give Villa the 1-0 win and, and we smash Wolves, uh, you know, um, the, the crying pool that, that you'll be standing in, um, I'll, I'll come come and hang out. Oh, I'm getting sponsored by Kleenex this oh, weekend, Brad. I think, mate, to be honest. Uh, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> hey, good stuff, gentlemen. Thanks for being part of the panel today. Anytime. Cheers, boys. Yeah, cheers. Uh, there we go, Brad Lewis and James Regan uh, on the panel with us today. Get your text coming through. Double eight, double three is the temper bed post text machine. Uh, we'll get to those next here on Mornings with Ian Smith. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.